tell Dave Lister, go tell Crichton, it's time for Insert Credit Guidance. Welcome back to another side story in the ongoing Insert Credit narrative. This week we have Brandon interviewing Chibi Tech, a musician working on games in Japan who you may remember from previous episodes. I'll let Brandon take it from here. I recorded this interview with Chibi Tech on a warm September Tokyo evening after we had driven to Akihabara from Omotesando, where we had gone record shopping. We both had specific things we were looking for at the record shop. Neither of us found them, so we just drove back. The first time I ever met Chibi Tech, aka Jalen Nisperos, was actually in Tokyo as well, not too long after she had moved there from the Bay Area. We met up at the 80s J-pop bar in Nakano, and I kind of came to grips with how long I had been aware of her music at that time. If you don't know her professional work yourself, she's primarily worked with M2 on a lot of their titles, doing menu music for the Sonic 1 and 2 iPhone ports, sound effects for Kokuga, and even menu music on the Game Gear Mini. She's written extra tracks for the newer ports of Fantasy Zone and Outrun on the 3DS. If you've seen those, they're very excellent. She's also done a lot of chiptunes and tracker stuff, which is what I knew her for at the time. I first heard her work while I was in college, and that would be the Miko Miko Nurse cover that I mentioned in the interview itself, but her music was generally kind of getting around in nerd circles. The first time I went to Paris, I was staying at my friend Tongi's flat, and he was listening to chiptunes a lot at the time. There weren't really that many people doing it as an art form in those days, uh, which was around 2004, and he was really impressed with this one particular track, which he was blasting while he took a shower. And that song was Pheromone Overdosage by Chibitech. It had that driving beat and virtuosic melody that almost felt like it had been run through a vocalizer. And I can still see Togi in my mind's eye just like pumping his fists to this thing as he came out of the shower wearing a towel. <laughs> So this was my first time actually asking her about her musical origins, and for some reason I chose to do it in front of a busker who was singing their heart out in front of Akihabara Station. I thought it would make for interesting ambiance, but instead I just made it harder for Esper to edit. After the interview, she drove me back to my place in Koenji while blasting freestyle music with the top down. I've also gotten some special permission from Chibitech to use one of her tracks in full at the end of this podcast, so stick around for that if you haven't heard her work. Hello. Doing the interview portion of my podcast now. As promised, I'm now talking to Chibi Tech in front of Akihabara Station where there is some sort of performer singing some sort of a thing and uh, they're not too bad I guess I mean better than me but yeah I wanted to talk to you some about your origins in music and kind of how you got started because I first heard of you with your NES chiptunes work right so where should I start on this? Because like, uh, so... Well, did, is, is that where you started? That is definitely not where I started when it comes okay. to like music. So um, I was exposed to like uh, computer music, well, and basically music in general, like pretty much since like a very, very young age. Mm -hmm. Like every Asian family, they, you know, they, they subjected me to like a you know, piano, piano lessons and stuff. Right. But uh, specifically, like I uh, started doing... Uh, computer music when I was five years old 
Oh wow! Uh, and and what were you using to do that at five? It probably will give out give out my age right here, but like <laughs> I uh, started out with a, an Amiga One Thousand, which you know I'm pretty sure your your listeners probably know about you know know the whole story about like the Amiga computers, and um, like we were one of the very few families in America who actually had like you know who actually had yeah. You know, it, it wasn't really that popular here. What, what led your family to get an Amiga? So my dad, so he, he used to work at the Ampex. His, like, his co-workers were like uh, Nolan Bushnell. And like, uh, yes, that is right. <laughs> and um, like Nolan Bushnell ended up like, you know, just uh, you know, starting up Atari. Yeah. And you know they created like you know like obviously like the the, the Atari VCS and like yeah. the Atari 8-bit uh, computers, and uh, my dad knew like uh, Nolan Bushnell started like creating like a um, kind of like a Skunkworks kind of uh, uh, team, mm-hmm. you know, to, in order to like uh, create the Amiga. Yeah. In the end, and uh, but you know that's a story. That's another story that you know obviously I won't uh, talk about. But like. Um, but my dad knew about that, and like he, so he bought an Amiga, you know, just because like it was kind of like the thing that his his old coworker used to, you know, yeah. or that was involved in. Yeah, out of out of loyalty almost, right? <laughs> or at least, well, you know, like a, or his, familiarity. His, yeah. Uh, that's cool. Okay, so you started at age five, doing like Amiga tracker stuff. So I started out with like all the basic stuff. Um, I don't know, like. Um, there was this one program that, like, uh, my first uh, exposure to, like, uh, to, like, music in general, which were not trackers. It was, like, a, it was called, like, a, the Music Studio, and also, like, Instant Music and the Deluxe Music Construction Set. And, right, uh, right. They were kind of, like, you know, centered towards, like, uh, pure music theory in general, you know, with, like, staff, no- staff notation and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, which, you know, you, you can compose, uh, like, a, you know, like electronic, you know, like electronic music out of it, but it it just you know it, it doesn't have like the like the low level fine tuned granularity that the that like the trackers had. Yeah. Which for that, like I started doing trackers when I was like a. My dad got a disc uh-huh. from like a, a swap, you know, one of those so-called swap meets. Yeah. In uh, in like you know computer clubs. It contained a, a version of Sound Tracker, which is you know like a, a popular like um, tracker software back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, I it came with like the, the with various demo songs, and I used to like just study the hell out of those uh, those demo songs, and like uh, you know that's that's basically how I stu- how I ended up like uh, learning my tracker tracks from that. Wow, so starting at age five, that's probably earlier than a lot of people. People, people often say, like, it's never, never too late to stop, but also uh, to start, but, but some people start right. before anyone could even imagine. Right. <laughs> when did you sort of break out into people knowing your music, would you say? Okay, so, so that tracker knowledge, like, helped me later on. And, like, you know, because, like, I was always interested in, like, uh, NES music. But I used to always like just uh, you know take like my Amiga sampler and just like uh, sample like a uh, like sound tests from from like uh, games like Ninja Gaiden and uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, 
I would just you like use those uh, those sampled uh, um, instruments, which you know they're basically like you know simple like NES like a uh, like uh, synthesized uh, yeah stuff, kind of like sound suites. Yeah, and uh, nowadays you would call that fake bit, pretty much. Mm. But um, my friend Joey Parcel, who like you know he he was part of like a, the, he's part of the NES uh, dev. Um, community mm-hmm. and uh, he one day like looked at like my tracker work like that I put online you know as like my personal stuff that I you know I, it was just for fun and he said hey I have this software you know from my friend who you know the, it's called Nerd Tracker and uh, you know you might be interested on it you know it's, it's a little bit finicky but like you know, but you know you might be interested and so I started messing around with that and it, despite it being like probably like a like a very 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 user unfriendly tracker mm-hmm. um, I quickly you know looked beyond that and realized how powerful it actually was and so I started like really you know figuring out how it worked and cue um, the 2001 actually no like that 2002 mm-hmm when uh, a Japanese guy named uh, Izumi-san like uh, created like a uh, like what is considered the first competition for uh, Famicom music? Yeah, for Famicom music. Yeah. And it was called Famicompo. Yeah, Famicompo. And I entered so my entry like uh, I entered this like a cover song for Was, a, that, was that Miko Miko Nurse? Yes, that was yeah. the one where you know like it, it ended up being like a a song for like an era, like a an aero game. Yeah. Game. Even though most of it, like you know, was like I just uh, saw this from like a, a dumpa, like a dumpa song kind of like a listing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that one, and I believe we covered that on insert credit in 2002. Yes. Because uh, we were talking about the Famicompo and how cool it was, and Miku Miku Nurse cover was like one of the standout tracks to us, I guess. Right. Yeah, which is a shame because like a. Like the second place uh, entry, like was an original track, and uh, like yeah. that one deserved, like right. just flat out deserved to like win the competition. But like memes were powerful even then. Yes. <laughs> and so then, like some years later, I was at my friend's house in Paris, and he was like, "Have you heard this awesome, uh, this awesome Famicom song?" And it was Onichan Dakaraiyo. Oh yeah, and uh, and and that one was really that w- that was the the big one for me at that time. Right. So then from there, how did you make the jump into professional music that people were paying for paying you for? Right. So for Miko Miko Nurse, actually specifically, since that was actually quite high profile. Yeah. In uh, like the Japanese game development uh, community. And so my current boss, you know, for M2, like he noticed like that the uh, Miku Miku Nurse, uh, nurse cover, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I guess he kept that in mind for a, a long while. <laughs> and uh, you know, this was when I was still in uh, I was still in college. Yeah. And like you know, so I was still like you know trying to like uh, earn my degree to like you know get something. And like like I had like a uh, you know becoming a like a game musician was like definitely not on my on you know what I had planned right. for my future 
just because like I, I just planned to like just merely be like I was kind of like at that time I was like kind of drifting you know between like you know being kind of going towards like a, like computer science which I completely did not do good on uh-huh. versus like you know something else like say you know just becoming like a an audio engineer for like a uh, for um, a production company for mm-hmm. instance and uh, I ended up trying to like you know go towards that uh, that kind of like a uh, uh, degree yeah and so did you get someone reached out to you to do some professional work or did you start yeah. seeking it or yeah so actually like uh, just very shortly after I actually graduated from uh, from college I uh, got a, I got a um, an offer from a company that uh, named Russell they wanted me to make like basically the an NES uh, soundtrack mm-hmm. and it was specifically for a uh, for uh, at the time a popular anime series called uh, Zero No Skyma mm-hmm. and um, it was specifically supposed to be for a um, I guess like a bonus shooting game that was supposed to be included you know with a um, with their main uh, visual novel mm-hmm. like a game for that they were going to release for the PlayStation 2 yeah and so you know I did that soundtrack for you know for Zero No Skyma mm-hmm. that um I did that all, like most of that, in like a, in like a, the Mountain View uh, Public Library, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> like I was like just taking my laptop to like this uh, library and like just uh, putting on my headphones and like just basically cranking out all these tunes for it. That's cool. And then from there, was so, yeah, it like it was, it was it was basically like a remote remote work. Right. Kind of, of course. And yeah. and then once you had some professional stuff under your belt, it was easier then to get more because that's that's what I found it's like once when you have no experience it's very hard to break in but then once you have I have done X for this game then it's much it's it's pretty easy to, to move for well relatively easy anyway right yeah like shortly after like my uh, like uh, the team the team who were working on this game they were you know they, they I could kind of tell they weren't they weren't uh, setting high expectations, but regardless, I I still wanted to make it like a high quality soundtrack. Sure. This. And um, they ended up being really really impressed with uh, with what I did. So um, my boss ended up like just uh, saying flat out saying, "Hey, do you want to work in Japan?" And right after that, yeah. Ah. And wow. So you know, basically, I. Uh, yeah, I said okay. Well, I'm willing to make the jump to to go to Japan, and um, so they basically brought me here. And now you're here, and now you're in house at a company, which is um, somewhat unusual these days for musicians in general, because right. it's mostly freelance these days. It feels. Yeah, even in Japan, like most of you know, most of it is all just uh, contract work. So yeah, I am kind of in a. Uh, an unusual situation. Yeah, it's a unique spot. So I guess this this is a tough one because everyone has their own unique path. But is there any advice you would give someone who wants to work in Japan and wants to work with Japanese companies? People ask me this question all the time. I have various different answers to give them. Uh, what would you say? 
well. Um, probably related to the previous one, I would say that uh, make sure you get your contract. Like uh, you set your you set your your terms your terms like very straight. Yeah. And don't just go don't just jump into it like just saying oh well you know just let, I'll I'll just let them handle it. Yeah. Because it'll probably screw you in the long run. Yeah, that makes sense. And any hints in terms of how to actually get noticed or uh, get recognition? Like, uh, my buddy Vincent Diamante, he did a an anime soundtrack recently. Well, just an uh, ending theme. And that came about because people in Japan like the game Sky that he did the music for. Right. And it, but for, for most people other than myself, it seems to be mostly like people here in Japan noticed something that a Westerner did and was like, I like that. Hmm. I should talk to them. Right. Yeah. Although Vince did apply for that one, so but but they instantly recognized him. There, that, that was when I don't know if you heard me tell this story, but uh, they said, "Of course, we want to work with the world famous Vincent Diamante." <laughs> right. And I was like, "You should get the world famous Vincent Diamante on a T-shirt and wear it around." Um, but yeah, any any thoughts there? Yeah. So uh, I don't know. See, I'm in kind of an unusual situation where I was like just basically pulled. Yeah, you were kind of scouted. Yeah, but. Um, for people breaking out, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to like sound like all cliche about it, but like, uh, you know, just uh, work with, work with, uh, you know, specifically with like Japanese, uh, like uh, composers, like you know, say, hey, like, uh, you know, I kind of want like, uh, like, uh, you know, I like your stuff or whatever, and like, possibly like, see, for instance, for instance, actually, the, this is a good question, actually, because like. Uh, Miko Miko Nurse actually got me noticed by the the original artist uh, who created that uh, song himself, right. and I think that that specifically, you know, like it, it actually like helped um, him like uh, recommend me to his, uh, his to my my current boss because I know that they 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 knew it, they know each other too. That makes sense, and you do actually kind of sometimes hear about people doing covers of things actually get the notice of the people who did the original I mean like <laughs> this is a, a a ridiculous example but god darn lead singer of Journey right now is uh, that Filipino guy who was in the cover band Aww. when they, they needed a new singer and then they were like looking around for a singer and then they found this guy who just could do all the songs perfectly right <laughs> And they're like, well, let's let's hire this guy. It's it's kind of a different story, um, but it's like, I guess any kind of way to get noticed. But you also look today at people doing TikTok covers of things, and they actually get can get a little bit of notice from the from the original singer, and that can give them some some something. Right, like it leads to like a domino effect kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like um, yeah. Basically, I mean, so, like like nowadays, I don't like do covers, right. and I, I do think it's kind of like a cop out to like uh, you know basically do covers and like you know just get noticed from that. Yeah, but it, it really is kind of a you know it is one avenue that you mm-hmm. can do. Yeah, it's one sort of a shortcut. Well, 
on that note, I hope you've been able to hear this. Maybe we were sitting a little too close to this singing person. Right. But, <laughs> but fingers crossed, and we'll be back with some more conversations with some other people that live and work here in Tokyo, Japan, and Kyoto later, probably, also. And that's it for now. You want to say bye forever? Yes, bye forever. Insert Credit Guy Den is a production of Insert Credit. This episode featured an interview by Brandon Sheffield with Chibi Tech and an intro by Alex Jaffe. This episode was edited by me, Esper Quinn, and features original music by Kurt Feldman. Here's the track Pheromone Overdosage by Chibi Tech, available at chibitech.bandcamp.com. Enjoy.
Are you still here? Are you still here? <laughs> well, it's a good thing you are, because Chibitech has allowed us to play another song of hers. That first one was indeed pheromone overdosage, which I mentioned in the interview and in the preamble. But she would prefer if people paid more attention to her newer stuff. Obviously, since that was one of my points of entry for her, I had to share that one. But her newer stuff you can find on Bandcamp at chibitech.bandcamp.com. And this one is off of her new EP, newish EP, I should say, Crema Binaria, which is super excellent. Also still chip tunesy, full original compositions. This is Ameiro no Jikan, which is rainy time. Check it out. You're gonna like it. Okay, this is really it. No more no more secret stuff after this, I promise. Uh, just enjoy this song. Okay, bye. <laughs> 